When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of In-Depth. I know, it feels like we just did this last week. But here we are again. We're back at it, Jeremy. I feel like all I do is get on this mic. It's <laughs> uh, really quite something. Uh, chat's already <laughs> popping off. We were talking a little bit about uh, Disney Springs when we were there, when Taryn and I were there a couple years ago. And Taryn's in the chat room somehow, although she's not home, so I don't know what she's doing. And she told me that we ate at Morimoto's. I don't remember that at all. I have no, no <laughs> recollection. In fact, I almost told you about like, oh, yeah, because you go, did you guys do anything in Disney Springs? And I was like, I th- no, we just walked around and I thought in my head that they were still building Morimoto's <laughs> while we were there. Apparently, we consumed food at that location. And um, there you go. That's some review. I mean, if you don't remember going, I mean, at least you don't remember. I remember not liking it <laughs> okay. twice. All right. So I've, I've kind of taken it off the list. Mm. It's enough. Yeah. I wonder what we got there. I wonder if it was any good. <laughs> well, you know, it's Morimoto. So you kind of expect something pretty adventurous and, but it's very Orlando-fied food. So I'm sure you had yeah. pot stickers and ramen. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably. And it was probably all very salty. Yes, I would imagine so. Anyway, everybody, welcome to our show tonight. We are talking about the Destination D experience that happened over the weekend. And we're doing a little recap a Rooney. That's what I'd like to call this show. The Destination D recap a Rooney, Jeremy, where yeah. we're going to talk sort of in depth about some stuff. We have we both have audio clips. I have tons of audio, but Jeremy uh, does work. So he wrote words and I just copied the words from other people. So look forward to that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all our kind of fun stuff. See, I actually find it easier just to write stuff than to have to grab and edit audio. Like that annoys me. Yeah. Well, look, to be honest with you, I, I, I need a good brain scrubbing after sifting through two days of this so what was it? it was like 12 hours of content or something like that that was going on it was like three hour segments or something like that two segments a day over two days right is that math well it, Maybe it was eight. 12 Maybe hours in duration it was 12 yeah. hours in duration i don't know that there was 12 hours of content <laughs> fair well jeremy let's talk about what destination d actually is okay just to get this out of the way Okay. Destination D is a three-day infomercial for the Disney brand where the parks get to share with you all the cool stuff that's going on internally. 
new merchandise, a few books coming out on park history, and of course, all the great content on Disney Plus, which is the tip of the spear in the Disney front line. It's just wedged into every presentation multiple times. That's what I the, the that's the one takeaway that I've noticed from from these events. And you can go on YouTube and find them. They're not on the Disney YouTube pages anywhere. But just search D23 and there's a couple people who have all of these presentations up and it's yeah. just everything is wedged into D23. It's also everything is scripted. To the point where like the people aren't even looking at the camera, they're looking at the at the monitor to see what yes. to say next. It's, right. It seemed very structured, but that is also Disney. You know, anytime That's Disney. Yeah. Anytime anybody wants to come on the show, they got to clear it. Um, you know, like I've said multiple times, like when Anthony wanted to keep doing his Sabres and Superpower show, Disney wanted a script that he was going to say. So I, I, I sort of, I'm not surprised, but I, I think with a presentation like this, I sort of am surprised. I mean, it should sort of be organic and off the cuff moments and, you know what I mean? It shouldn't have strict, exact uh, branding on beat, on message all the time, every time. That takes the polish off it a little bit for me. I think they've – and it does feel very polished compared to – I went to the first Destination D they ever threw, they ever had. And it felt more informal than than what these presentations were. Okay. For sure. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but now, before we start, Jerry, I do – want to address that I, I realize I have a reputation for being a little negative about, I mean, everything, I guess. So before I watched the replay of these streams, I tried to get in a Zen place. I meditated. I acupunctured myself. I snorted lines after line of Zoloft, creating a <laughs> mesh network of good vibes that not even a Walt Disney World churro could undo. I was wrong. You should, you should let Taryn give you acupuncture. No, I would never let her anywhere near my body with a needle. Kidding me? Yeah, I feel like she's probably been dying to stab you. Oh, absolutely. She's so trying. I think that should be her. Times. Sure. <laughs> the first sign that I received from the universe that I was in for more of a hard sell than I thought was that this whole thing was brought to us by Tops. Yes, Tops, the baseball card company recently acquired by Disney. The fact that they had to put presented by Tops when there was nothing going on, nothing having to do with Tops at all in the in the presentations <laughs> that I could see, it, it, that sh- sort of shows you how I don't know market focused they are, marketing focused rather than we're actually giving you a presentation because you guys really like this stuff. It's just right up front by Tops, which is a sub brand that nobody really knows about. It's very odd. Yeah, it did come across. Not to jump ahead, but every every presentation felt like it was more a bunch of marketing gibberish than substance. So it, that you, that you call that out rings true with me because it's just like let's say words tops Disney Plus tops Disney Plus <laughs> over and over and over yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, Josh Demaro takes the stage. Which what's his title again? I'm a Disney fan. What is it? Well, I don't know if he's a president or vice president or senior executive vice president, but he runs the parks, experiences, and merchandise division. And stuff. And stu- the things yeah. to buy division. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he takes the stage to deliver probably the most exciting portions of, of Destination D, which are updates from parks around the world. This is sort of what people are looking forward to, uh, you know, all this kind of fun stuff. So. He talks about Disneyland Paris. Avengers Campus will open the summer of 2022, which is just in time for that park's 30th 
anniversary celebration. Uh, Disneyland Hong Kong is busy working on their Frozen Land, which includes two thrill rides. Whoa, there you go. Tokyo <laughs> Disney Sea is getting a new theme port called Fantasy Springs, which now, by the way, it's not that I'm not giving you information that I'm just truncating or summarizing these things. There is no information on these. He right. literally says, yep, doing Frozen Land, I'll have two rides, and uh, now let's move on. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is a really good update. This is great. You know, th- this is a, it basically he's reading a Disney Parks blog. Yeah, right. They are short on on stuff, it seems. And you would yeah. think that this is a great opportunity to give us more information about that. I, I didn't well, I knew that there was a frozen land showing up being built. I would love a bit more information on it. I don't know what this is. This was literally just a, a recitation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shanghai Disney shared an update on Zootopia land and there's some some pictures of like construction ongoing, but that's never really very exciting, although maybe it is. Who knows? Um, it's, it's like a, Zootopia. We're still building it. We're still doing it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Apparently, that movie was really big in China. So I guess it makes sense or something like that. I don't know. The Disney Wish got a nice update, and apparently that's getting two new stage plays, one of which is a retelling of The Little Mermaid, because we haven't beaten that story to death yet. Complete it's with- not a retelling. It's a reimagining. Reimagining. You're not okay. using the right word. Reimagining. Oh You're going to so hear sorry. that word a thousand times. <laughs> it's the only word they know. Uh, they don't even imagine anymore. They just reimagine. They reimagine. Dreaming other people's dreams. Um, the reimagining is complete with new interpretations of classic songs. Demaro brings out a three-piece band with no introduction as to who they are. Are they actors on the ship or are they hired just to do this? Uh, anyway, here's a clip of, um, well, you'll, you'll get the song, but here, here's a clip of just the kind of vibe they're going for with the, uh, the retooled song here. It won't cost much, just your voice. You part button and so it's sad but true. If you want to cross the bridge, my sweet, you'll have to pay the toll. Take a gulp, take a breath, go ahead and sign the scroll. Flatsome, jetsum, now I've got her boys. The boss is on the Wait. <laughs> so that's poor unfortunate soul sort of like a bluesy vibey thing and there were some parts of the song where i think she did pretty good but that last part where she just basically took it up a notch and screamed um could rival even adele dazim poor unfortunate audience is more <laughs> like it that was terrible it was, wasn't very good she's not very good whatever but i guess it's live you know she doesn't she can't be auto-tuned i, I don't want to really put too much onto her no i well, thought she did poor imperson- i thought it was a terrible impersonation of the character of ursula i mean po- that she emphasized all the wrong parts and said things in all the wrong ways like when she speaks to flotsam and jetsam she's more like hey boys i got her We're, you know we almost got her let's go and then she mm-hmm. keeps going to do the rest of the show she didn't act that out in the way it should be presented in order to tell that story. 
It sounds like it was part of the, they, they put it in the song. They just made, you know, they turned that into the song portion. I don't know. I've, yeah. I don't really remember that scene in the movie, so. I, I have say, a but. really bad re- sounding recording, and I think I played it in my Music of the Little Mermaid segment that I did. Yeah. With Alan Menken just doing that song off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. performing it, you know, for Pat Carroll to say, hey, this is how it should sound. In him in the studio, just, you know, screwing around sounded 10 times better than that. <laughs> and he's a man singing a woman's part, like totally different. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't bash her too much because, you know, she's, she's performing and she's doing a thing and she's doing what she's told to do, basically. And uh, there were a couple of flat notes, but, you know, hey, man, all in all, that's that's what's going on. Uh, there's actually a ton released about the wish, complete with a video and everything, and I got interviews and design interviews and stuff like that. So go find it because me talking about it just wouldn't necessarily get the vibe across about what they've done with the wish. It looks very very cool, obviously, and it keeps getting cooler every time they decide to release an update. Uh, the Disneyland Hotel is getting some work done with a new tower. Josh Demaro brings on Bavna Mystery, who leads the design team. I, I think I was watching this at one and a half times speed so I can actually get through it and survive. So I may have missed a few details, but here's the intro to Bonva and uh, a little bit about the new tower. And when I say a little bit, well, you'll hear. Hey, John. Good to see you, Bonva. Good to see you. And great to see you guys. So we've got a lot of fans here. I see um, that. Yeah, and they, and they love Disneyland. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about this tower that I just... Just natural, just natural conversation between two human beings, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're not aliens. No, no, no. We look like humans. We've been here all our lives. Talked about. It's going to be my pleasure. I, we've been working on this for a while, but um, I believe everyone's seen this uh, exterior rendering before, and there's some added magic from Tinkerbell as she will greet you. That's it. That's the entirety of like the de- the, the description <laughs> of the tower of what's coming. Tinkerbell will greet you, and it's unclear whenever she's showing it exactly what that means. So I right. don't really even really know. Now I I understand that these people aren't professional speakers or actors, and I'm not really calling them out, but things did get a little awkward up there, and I felt bad for this lady who seemed really nice and actually like a genuine person. Damara sort of put her in weird positions on stage and she had to react, which is never easy. And, you know, here we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Bonva talks about how the color palette chosen in the rooms will become a, quote, meaningful part of the story for guests, whatever that means. The pool is getting redesigned again. The mm-hmm. Disneyland, that poor Disneyland pool, man, has just <laughs> been stripped away numerous times and rebuilt. Yeah. It was just, it was just done like what less than 10 years ago five years ago maybe something like that i don't know the concept drawing that they show was at pool level so you don't really see a whole lot there will be a quote special foundational story told in the children's play area but no details on that that sounds fun i guess i don't know Uh, she moves on to explain that the story will be a part of your time here and this spontaneous and not at all scripted event happens here But from the moment you step into this property, we're bringing you a storytelling journey, one in which even the color palette we've chosen will become a meaningful part of the story. So it looks pretty incredible. So, Bhavna, we've, again, we've got some of our biggest fans in the room. I think you got to give them a little bit more. Absolutely. What do you guys think? Should we take a peek inside? (laughs) 
Well, I'm what? so glad that you guys want to do that. <laughs> oh my so, god! Like in, I mean, it's it's like whoever's writing this is writing it like a like a play or like a story. They're really big into story right now. But why are we doing this? Why? Oh, then we have Josh tomorrow. This lady's boss go, you know, I really think we should give them more. And then she goes, oh, I'm so glad you guys wanted to know more. I mean, imagine if the crowd was like, no, (laughs) it just seems weird to me. I don't know. They're weird choices, but whatever. We see some new room designs and learn that the colors were selected from Disney movies like Cinderella. Now, I'm assuming these are only rooms for the DVC tower, but there's no clarification on that really at all. And the rooms look nice for sure, but there was a lot being made about how the colors tie you to the story and immerse you in the world of the whatever movie the you know the the room is is pulling from, right? The only people who think like that are creatives on the team. Like just make the room pretty and comfortable. And, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand them when it's like, you're going to be immersed in this story. That's not how normal people who go to Disney think about their room. And I don't think that they will now either. It's just, it's more of like a, a marketing tool. Like I just want to know the thread count, how thick that mattress is, uh, how clean everything is going to be. And it just looks pretty. Hey, this is a really fun moment. It, you don't, you don't need to sort of oversell it with, the design elements will immerse you in the story. What story? I'm trying to take a crap. <laughs> what do you want from me, dude? <laughs> well, I, I appreciate coherent theming and that they're, you know, that they're using color and, and that they're t- making these decisions. That's what I expect a designer to do. Right. But just like a just like a clothing designer takes inspiration from weird places and they could talk about it for days. Okay, it's a shirt. I like it. Like that's. <laughs> right. a, I don't know that I need to know all that, but this is also a fan event. So maybe that's what, you know, we are learning about, okay, they're doing it. The problem is, is they're telling us the philosophy, but they're not showing us what it is. She's like, trust us. The color palette is going to tell the story. What color palette? What story? We never find that out. That's where my issue with this is. <laughs> like, it's- be like we chose orange for this room because it represents pff, the sun rising in the Lion King. Okay, great. Now I got it. But they're yeah. just, she's just like, we're going to use colors and it's going to tell the story. <laughs> well, and Next. I mean, she says like in one of the rooms they were talking about was like it was colors from Cinderella, I think it was. And that's cool. But what story are you telling? The story of Cinderella? In Because your curtains have a, have a purple streak down them? I just, that's where these kind of things lose me entirely. Because you're right, that's how designers talk to each other, and that's how you get inspiration. But I think you lose the general public when you start explaining why things happen this way. Because it, it doesn't mean anything. Right. But this isn't the general public. This is the this is the hardcore Disney fans. I yeah, think it's maybe. okay. I think it's okay. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, the, I look. Think, well, I think the philosophy behind giving us this behind the scenes idea of why they designed it that way is fair. Agreed. I just think what she gave us no content. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Um, and then in this talking about the style of the rooms, Bonva mentions uh, this. The creative approach, the sketching, the color choices, the animation style. In fact, I don't want to share too much, but for one <laughs> very special element We are even went as far as to study the sketching style of Walt Disney himself. But you're going to have to wait a little bit to see that. 
I don't want to share too much about the fan event that shares information, but well, that was your chance, lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Walt was a terrible artist by his own admission. I mean, he even said, I stopped drawing when I could hire people could, who could do it better than me. So how are you going to go through this man? Like whatever. It just, <laughs> this is the, this is when they sort of beat the corpse of Walt a little too much. Like we get it. Walt started that we like we understand the legacy of Walt or whatever, but but it's time to move on. It's time to move on and not just reference him in every new design element that you that you do. And that's sort of like a theme throughout even the panels and stuff. People are bringing up Walt this and Walt that. It's like, bro, just don't worry about it. Walt does not have an influence on how you're designing the rooms for the Disney Vacation Club Tower. Right. And if it if it is true that they're studying Walt's art and that led them to something. Tell me what that is. Be like, we studied Walt's method of drawing and that made us design this like this. But instead it's just like, we studied Walt's art. Okay. And then we, and then there's going to be a hotel from that, but I don't, (laughs) I want to see what that is. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, I agree. But they don't want to tell us too much because we paid to be here at this fan event. So why would we want to know too much? (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. Heaven forbid, man. When he can tell us. Yeah. Uh, the best part is uh, he says that downtown Disneyland is getting work done starting January 2022. He shares an artist rendering of, of the space and it's sort of hard to place where it is. But uh, basically the AMC theater is being removed in favor of a grassy area where people can play or relax or leave all their trash all over the place, which is what's going to happen. And that's all we have out of tomorrow on that is that downtown Disney is going to change. You're going to have grass now and then some other stuff that we're not going to tell you yet. See, now I want Bovna to come back and give him the what for and go, Josh, I think you got to give him a little I think more. You got to get a little more, right? <laughs> well, we're not done with tomorrow because we want to talk about Star Wars Galactic Cruise or hotel experience. Yeah. But before jumping on to that, he shows off the air quote working lightsaber that was announced a few months ago. Do you remember that? We talked about that I think a couple times on the show and yes. how it's done and whatever. And right. it, it actually looks really cool. I mean, it's the second time we've seen this in action, but, but the first time separate from that four second clip of it just going up and then it cuts, right? He's on stage with the hilt, the, the lightsaber hilt. Someone brings it out to him and uh, he fully extends the the thing and like it lights up and it makes the sound and it looks really, really cool. It's very, very exciting. I was happy to see that. Um, okay, but did you notice they handle it like it's a Fabergé egg? Yeah, he was like, here it is. He's like supporting the bottom of it tomorrow. Like, oh, God, I don't want to drop it. Hurry, take it from me. What is this? It's a saber. This should be a robust item that you, <laughs> you know, hit people with. And he's handling it so gingerly. I couldn't understand. What is this? What I got out of that is that he's just too strong and he has to control his own strength. He's a lot like me in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow brings out Scott Throwbridge. Again, I probably got the name wrong because at two times speed, it's hard to hear everybody's name Um, to talk a bit about our uh, experience on the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser. Here's a little clippy cruise through space in the Star Wars galaxy are our, our, our glamorous star cruiser, the Halcyon. But, but in this story-driven experience, you're not just a spectator. We're literally inviting you to become a character, if you want to, and, and play out this story right alongside some of your other favorite Star Wars characters. And the choices you make, the things you do, the alliances you make, all of this have an effect on how the story you're living plays out. 
Um, I'm super excited about it. And whether you want to join the resistance or remain loyal to the First Order or just sit back and drink a space cocktail and watch the action unfold, there's something for everybody, and it's fun for everybody. Well, I, I felt that. I, I had a chance to visit just a, a couple of weeks ago, and I met up with one of our Imagineers, Sarah Thacker. She took me through the lightsaber training experience and the bridge experience. It, it, was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah? Now, I, I did bring a video to show how I did. Oh, how did you do? We'll find out. Let's watch the video. That's not in the script, Scott. Let's we'll watch the, the judge. Video. We will be the judge. Just... That's not in the script, oh Scott. God. Like, you can't work with the guy and just be like, I did pretty good. Well, why don't we watch and find out? <laughs> just, <laughs> just if it's not written down for him to say, he can't, he just cannot say it. Very, very strange interaction. But what I did like about that was Scott was talking about that you don't have to be part of the story. We've talked about this a couple of times. You can just sit back and drink a space cocktail and watch other people LARP. You don't have to do it. You're not forced to do it. I like that. I think that's great. I finally heard something about this that I like. Agree 100%. I just want to go there and have a drink. I just want to go there and have a drink, man. You know, that's the best part of a hotel is the lobby bar. Just go get a cocktail and leave me. I don't want to deal with all this. So I was yeah. worried that you would have to be constantly wor- worried. I'm never going to it. But I was worried <laughs> that some people might, you know, that that could happen. You'd have to be constantly in this story. Yeah, but it's great. Just yeah. relax and kick back. Just relax and kick back, man. Uh, he previewed the new lightsaber training. That's a part of Star Wars Galactic Cruiser. And it's a, a light. It's a light that you hold your lightsaber up to in order to block the, quote, laser. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the lightsaber training. I mean, maybe you've seen a clip online where in Star Wars, this little ball hovers up and like shoots lasers at Luke Skywalker and he has to deflect them with his lightsaber. That was going to be a part of the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser experience. And everyone's like, wow, I can't wait to see how they're going to do that. Maybe it'll be VR. Maybe it'll be this. Maybe it'll be like a light laser or whatever. No, it's like a literal beam of light that changes color that comes out of the wall and the the light turns purple and then you hold your lightsaber up to it and then it turns white and then and then it moves again. It's like yeah. the most rinky dink like 1990s technology. It's not even technology. It's just, <laughs> it's just here's the light. It's very, very strange. Um, <laughs> the side note, the lightsaber that you use for this is not the one that extends. It's the it's the fixed um, laser sword par- portion, for lack of a better term. Uh, it's a light bar with a handle. It's like the ones you could buy already. The ones that right. come up, apparently you're not even going to be able to to touch. Those are just for the stage actors in the in the things. So well, and it doesn't look like it could handle all that motion. It's so ju- it's so <laughs> delicate. I don't think uh, it could withstand that. Yeah, we ask when you uh, hold this, don't breathe on it because it might <laughs> fall apart. <laughs> Uh, there's a bridge experience like tomorrow mentioned where you head to the ship's command center and you get to experience a, a TIE fighter battle that does look pretty fun. Honestly, it looks pretty cool, but it, it looks like it's a two person experience where uh, that, you know, you're on the bridge and there's a bunch of the big screens that, you know, pretend to look out into the universe or whatever. And there's TIE fighters coming at you and you can man the ship's guns, but it's a two person experience. One person moves the guns and the other person fires. I don't, you know, in, in the realm of reality, that, may, that does not sound fun. It sounds like Smuggler's Run, where you have six people each doing the thing of one person. And right. it's just, they're just trying to maximize as many people to get in here. But you sort of limit the experience in that regard, too. So I don't know. I mean, instead of having like a, 
a row of, you know, 10 laser cannons that you can fire. Right. You have, I don't know how many they have, maybe two or three. I don't know. But then you, you get more people in there to do the thing and it just doesn't make any sense to me. But, uh, right. you know, I don't know. It sort of um, misses the point, I guess, of a, of a shooting game is to have multiple people doing the shooting that that's not it's never fun. <laughs> right. I'm going to come over and we'll play duck hunt. <laughs> I'm going to, do you remember that game? Yeah. I'll hold the gun, but you just move your index finger I'll back and forth and pull the trigger. <laughs> Sounds great. You can see the video on the Disney parks, YouTube page, and it is a cool video. Definitely check it out because everything looks great. Um, with the comments, read the comments because they're just simply amazing. And I have a couple choice ones here. Quote, this honestly looks so bad. For the money you are paying, <laughs> it doesn't look fun. Uh, another one, quote, this is not Disney magic. <laughs> wow. Yeah, here's another one. One person aiming and the other person fires. You've taken something incredibly fun and interactive and turned it into a terrible and unrealistic experience. Just like having one pilot flying left and right and one pilot flying up and down, which is what happens <laughs> in Smuggler's Run. It is unrealistic. It's just very bizarre. And they go on and on and on. And I was only able to find three positive comments in the 311 comments that have been posted as of, as of this recording. And one com one of these positive comments was literally just love what you do. (laughs) Someone else randomly posted just Moana in all caps. So that's, that's fun. But for the most part, people <laughs> hate the way this has come out. And I'm sure it looks different in person. I'm sure in person you're immersed. It's a thing you're jazzed for. You paid a bunch of money. So automatically the, the, the stakes are sort of your bar sort of lowered, I think, for what you expect in a thing like this. We're going to be here two days. This is great. I'm pumped. Oh, yeah. Star Wars battle or whatever. And you can sus- suspend disbelief a little bit. But taking it out of context and out of that reality and putting it on the internet, yeah, you mean you're going to get stuff like this for sure. It, it can't look as cool online as it probably does in person, but it does also look a little weak sauce too. Yeah, but I mean, what if they did have a bunch of guns and everybody was just shooting? Like that would be that would. I don't think they'd get that negative reaction. But it's so yeah. weird and unwieldy to have it be like this, and people are like, "That's stupid." Yeah. <laughs> It is. And most of the comments are actually about the lightsaber thing, which is what people are specifically excited for. And what Scott was saying when he was talking about this uh, experience, he was specifically like, we have been looking forward to to giving this to you guys. And we've been hearing that you guys have been looking forward to to doing this experience for years. And we're excited to bring it to you. And it's like, it's a flashlight and a broomstick, bro. Like, (laughs) what is this? Yeah, like, why didn't we, why did this take years? I know, I could just do this right now with my pen and uh, my (laughs) flashlight on my phone. And I'm, look, I'm deflecting. (laughs) Anyway, that's what I got with tomorrow. Well, it's interesting because I have a theory that you've just disproven, and that is that Star Wars people will take and love whatever you throw at them. Oh, no, oh, no, that's been disproven forever. What we will accept everything that's thrown, but we will not love it. That is for sure. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. had you guys all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Sure I don't know. Did, I see man. you dressed up, lined up for the movies down the street. Like, what are these people? I'm like, this is a movie. Be- what pe- are they doing? <laughs> Being a Star Wars fan is sort of a, a self-hating experience. 
because it's like you almost hate consuming the product. You're like, oh, good, here's another Star Wars thing. I'm gonna how how bad does this stink? Let's watch and find out. And it's sort of what oh, it like, is. Yeah, that's like me in my car pulling up to Epcot. <laughs> I can relate to this. Maybe I have something in common with the Star Wars fans. Oh, I know what it is. Disney. Yeah. Well, Jason, you talked about how Josh tomorrow took to the stage to open up the weekend with his presentation. And I think a lot of Disney fans were excited at the prospect of what we might learn that's coming. I know I was. Even Josh tomorrow made it seem like we were in store for a lot. Here's how he started his presentation, number one. And of course, I'm going to have a few surprises for you guys along the way. I have a lot to cover today. They only gave me 55 minutes, so I'm going to go very, very fast. You guys with me? All right. Here we go. And then it crashed and burned. <laughs> so it's not just that I'm negative over here. Yeah. He gaslit me. He said he made it seem like, buckle up. I've got so much to pack. 55 minutes isn't enough. But in watching this presentation, it began quickly to seem like he was struggling to fill 55 minutes. <laughs> so let's move ahead in his presentation to the finale which was a list of things that will be coming back to Disney parks on the around the globe. Because, of course, you know, we've had them closed. Now they're finally all back reopened for the most part with, you know, Hong Kong closes a day here, Shanghai closes a day here, but they're back. But not everything has been back with these park openings. So certain restaurants have been closed. Stage shows haven't been around. So here we are getting what's coming. Seems exciting, right? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Here's what he said to introduce that number two. Today, I've shared how we're writing new stories, but I want to take a moment to acknowledge that in the last couple of years, we've all really missed some of our favorite experiences. Maybe it's your favorite snack. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's your favorite character. And those little things and those big things, they are coming back. We've been making lots of announcements about experiences that are returning to our parks and our ships, and our team will have even more great news to share with you soon. We are committed to bringing back more and more experiences. So if you don't mind, I'd like for us to take just a couple of minutes to celebrate what we're bringing back around the world. So if you're listening to that, are you expecting now to hear a bunch of things that are going to be coming back? You would think so, especially because he said, so get ready. Because you're going to hear a bunch of things that are coming back. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Okay, let's talk about we it. We spent the next five to six minutes rattling off 35 announcements that are coming back. Of those 35, two are things that are brand new. They never went away. So <laughs> <laughs> he says, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure has opened at Epcot. So one... It's not opening. Right. It opened seven weeks ago. <laughs> it's already open. And it never was there before. So that's not back. <laughs> At Disneyland, he says Avengers Assemble. Well, that also opened with the Avengers Campus this summer. It never went away. And it's been around since, what, July? <laughs> so, okay. So 35 things. Two of them, they, that does not count as coming back. No. A further 27 items on that list have already been back. So he goes, no, he goes without, Disneyland is open, guys. We've right? opened Disneyland again. Without any sense of shame <laughs> or irony, he says beignets 
are back at Port Orleans. <laughs> That's an announcement. That is a that is something that we paid to hear. Yeah. Port Orleans opened a few weeks ago. Of course, the foods that they sell there are also back. They've been back. He talked about the Tycho drummers at Epcot. They returned October 1st. He talked about a frozen salted caramel hot chocolate at Disney's <laughs> Studios. This is the announcement. From the president of Parks and uh, Experiences, talking about a hot chocolate that's back. And getting, expecting adult human beings to get excited about that. Right. And it's back. It's every year that that's it comes back <laughs> every Christmas. Uh, the candlelight processional. Now that hasn't started yet, but we knew it was coming back this year. That, yeah. That's been announced. They we talked about it. Because we've been talking about the Disney Parks blog has had two articles announcing all of the narrators, celebrity narrators. <laughs> Pin trading is, is back. Oh, thank it's God. It's coming back. Uh, what else is happening? Disneyland Paris's Christmas Parade, which is brand new. The Disney Cruise Line is back. That's been sailing. Nighttime Spectaculars. We've had Nighttime Spectaculars since July. China's had it since uh, well before July. So he lists all 35 of these things, or 27 of these items. So two items brand new. 27 are uh, are, are not new or okay. things we already knew about. So that's 29. So we've got six more slots. So of the 35, six slots were things that we, they actually constitute news. We didn't know. He broke this. World of Color is coming back next year at California Adventure. Nice. Very exciting. Love I it. actually thought it was already back. So did I really. um, but I've been seeing lately, I've been seeing, you know, they, it's on those big platforms and I've been seeing them out of the water. So I guess not, yeah, not I th- back. I thought it was back and then broke. And then that's like whenever the platforms are elevated, it's usually okay. It's broken, right? But I don't, I don't know that to be sure. Phantasmic is coming back at Disneyland. See, Fantasmic. I, I heard this like two weeks ago. Oh, it, 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 and also it was news to me. It very well that maybe that one yeah. slipped through and it's been new. So maybe it's not even six new things. It could be five. Uh, this one is definitely new. Phantasmic is also returning to Disney Hollywood Studios. So oh, that nice. was new. Because there had actually been a lot of speculation that Fantasmic might even not even ever come back at Hollywood Studios. Of course. The festival, meanwhile, of course it's coming back. It's got an arena. What are they, what are they going to do in there? <laughs> well, I, I read somewhere that the, um, it was in reference to researching for the show, but that you guys are getting new, like animatronics and new sort of pieces to the, to Fantasmic. So not only is it coming back, but it's not going to go anywhere for a while because there's new technology invested in the show. Correct. And there's talk of new scenes coming. So nice. They're, they're saying that the Pocahontas scene will go away and probably be replaced by Moana because mm-hmm. Disney can't find any more places to crowbar Moana. It wouldn't be a nighttime spectacular if Moana wasn't in it. Harmonious opens with Moana. I don't know why, but it does. Um. Fantas- so Fantasmic coming back. Here's another new one. Festival of Fantasy Parade will return to the Magic Kingdom. That's our daytime parade. That's a fantastic parade. So I'm actually very excited to see that coming back. All right. The Castle Show at the Magic Kingdom returns and is update. It's a new version. I guess it's reimagined slightly. <laughs> and then we knew this, but it is coming back. So I guess this doesn't count as new, but it is coming back next month. Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular returns to Disney's Hollywood Studios. So five six ish things out of that five minutes 27 (laughs) items was things we already knew about now you might be saying but yeah 
You're splitting hairs. But he's Jerry, just excited. Hairs. Yeah, he's just excited. That's right. He, he's announcing things that have returned as well as new announcements. He's celebrating everything. And my point is people paid money to see this. People used their time to tune in and they didn't pay money to listen to a recitation of things we already know. Beignets. Oh, one of them was churros. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Churros didn't go anywhere. Churros are back, <laughs> baby. What is he well, and honestly, about? they should go somewhere because the churros at Walt Disney World are awful. That's not even true. And I happen to know that that's true because uh, or not true because Bev came here and had a churro and said, you don't know what you're talking. No, about. she did not. Yes, she did. She told me I should call. Should I just call her and we can rat her out right now? <laughs> She's like, he's she goes, I don't know what he's talking about with these churros. They're just the same thing as we have. It, they're not the same. They 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 are not the same thing. They're one hundred percent different things, and I don't understand okay. what she's talking about. No, I know exactly what she's talking about. Well, let's you see. just don't know what you're talking about. Are you getting her on this yeah. line? I'm calling her ass right now. Hello. Hi, Bev. This is uh, Jason. You're on with Jeremy. We're doing uh, in depth right now, live. Um, and I have a question for you. When you were in Disney, <laughs> when you were Hi. in Disney World, Jeremy just broke this news to me. That you got a churro because I was talking so much trash about the churros in Disney World that yes, um, yes, yes, we never actually got to talk about it. Yes, I did. No, we didn't actually get to talk about it. No, and how dare you? That you you discredit and discount and disparage my uh, <laughs> my opinion on the churro. The churros there are terrible. They're like little dehydrated husks of what they could be. They're like me when I'm eighty. So did you call me to? get my opinion on it or to yell at me both about not agreeing with your opinion both okay perfect love that for me um <laughs> i was not able to find a churro in magic kingdom ah okay the only place i was able to get a churro was in uh, hollywood studios ah. and it was just as good it tasted exactly the same to me it was the same size it was the same level of deliciousness as Disneyland. It's not even a little better. I actually really enjoyed Ooh, it. Well, maybe that's the oh, heat talking. Oh, wow. That's huge. It's even better. The only, the only, you'll, you'll pay for that later, Beth. The only churro I ever had at Disney World was in like Frontierland at the Magic Kingdom. So, therefore, it is not a one-to-one -one equation. So, I will let so you, you off the hook on this one. they're sourcing churros. Why would they have oh, the different churros in different parks, though? Why do they that do anything? stupid. Yeah. Exactly, Bev. Exactly, Bev. All right. Well, thank you, Bev, for uh, for making my point. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to folding laundry and watching the holiday. So, have a good day, guy. Thanks, man. God forbid you tune into ears Bye, up. Bev. Yeah, don't listen to this show. Uh, I hung up. Well, on. well, that was fun. Can I tell you that there was actually a moment there where I was like, when you were calling her, I was like, oh, did I make this up in my head? <laughs> that you would have been. Sometimes you just like, would have been I better. This? Yeah, <laughs> that would have been better if you had. You're like, no, so, I thought they were disgusting. I was so relieved when she said, no, I, uh, I, agree. <laughs> I, I think you're wrong. And I was like, oh, thank God. So this whole presentation was so vacuous, so void of any kind of substance. It actually boggles my mind that Disney had the nerve to charge for it. I'm wondering if people regret having paid for it. And now I can see why Bob Chapek didn't want to show up. He probably saw what Josh <laughs> was going to be talking about. I was like, I don't want to be associated with this bunch of nonsense. Yeah, he read the script ahead of time. He's like, no, I'm out. Right. He's like, yeah, I don't want, I'm not going to this. 
21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. This refreshing year-round release, Tropical IPA, is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with a Zaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Die IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. That's right. Surprisingly, I don't have anything else to say about Josh tomorrow that hasn't already been said on this show already. Instead, I want to turn your attention to day two of the presentations. In the morning, uh, they had two presenters who were privileged uh, to interview Kermit the Frog. Now, this isn't really so much news news coverage as it is just, um, I like Kermit and I want to talk sure. about him. Yeah. Kermit's great. Kermit, Kermit's amazing. The two presenters were very, very odd people, but that's fine. They got a job and that's cool. Uh, coming off of their Honda Mansion special for Halloween and on Disney Plus and to plug their new show, I was pretty excited for this. I mean, the Muppets humor sort of thrives in these situations like boring corporate stuff that people are forced to do or whenever any of the Muppets give an interview, it's usually funny. I agree. Yeah, they they have a, a good ability to poke fun at the nonsensical, which there's quite a bit of on display here. So, yeah. Well, and I say normally, uh, there were some bits of humor, and I do sort of want to highlight them, but let's just talk about it. Here are the hosts introducing Kermit the Frog. Please welcome to the stage the one, the only, Kermit the Frog. Woo! Hi, all there, everybody. Good to see you. <laughs> Kermit, I think I speak for all of us in the saying, it is such an honor to have you here today at Destination D23. Uh, gee, well, thank you, Andre. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, it, it is a great honor to be here and to be part of Destination D23. Oh, is that is, and, and it's so great to meet all yeah. these amazing people here today. Uh, I think there are even a few frogs in the audience, sir. Probably my relatives. Uh. Well, I don't know yeah. about you. But I got chills watching that video. The Muppets have an amazing history. Okay, so there's a lot going on there. First of all, can you say D20, Destination D23 anymore? In like <laughs> right. in the span of four seconds, they, they said it twice. So I get it. They're really going for it. But this whole thing is basically geared towards promoting Disney+. Plus. Uh, leading up to Kermit, there was like a montage of just all the different movies the Muppets have been in, as if the audience doesn't know who the Muppets are. And right. even in the beginning of that, the hosts are laughing at the montage. It's like the most disgenuine like <laughs> moment. It, it's it's so ridiculous. And then anyway, whatever. That was really uh, odd. But uh, apparently this this woman uh, got chills watching a Muppet montage. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But why did they choose Hi- Harvey Firestein to voice <laughs> yeah. Kermit? I don't understand how that sounds like him. Kermit's voice sometimes sounds weird, man. Like, I think it's Brian Henson doing the voice of Kermit now. I don't really know, but it, it can it can change, uh, you know, a little bit, depending on either, like, the, the, the compression or any sort of, like, the voice um, effects, I would imagine, the EQ or whatever of, of, of the voice. Mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't pretend to know much about it, but it sounds, uh, like, it, it it sounds, sounds different. Like Kermit, it sounds like Kermit with a hangover. <laughs> Feels like it too. Uh, watching that weird thing. So Kermit's on stage for starters, the bottom like fifth of the screen was always covered by an advert to download Disney plus 
and then to also collect digital tops cards. I don't understand. So you really never got to see Kermit like below the, like, you know, mid shot. It was just an odd framing because he's considerably shorter than everybody else. So you have everybody else in almost like full. And then he's just way down in the corner. It, the, the whole thing was production value was pretty poor. Uh, Kermit was trying to do his thing, but he was forced into this Disney plus wheel of time, just churning out references to Disney plus. I mean, you already heard it there twice. Um, one of the hosts asked Kermit how he felt about Disney plus being home for the Muppets. And uh, this is very exciting stuff. Now tell us, Kermit, how does it feel to have Disney plus be the streaming home for the Muppets? Oh, well, speaking as an amphibian who spent a lot of time in streams, Disney plus is definitely my favorite. Yeah, Aww. that's right. You know, like just that guy, just this is the funniest moment of his entire life. It's just it's the most hilarious thing. Like, bro, it's a funny joke. I get it. And Kermit gets it off and it's great. But like you're upstaging him by by over laughing. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. And, and the Muppets, we're so happy to have, you know, one place for new fans and for old to watch so many of our shows and movies. And you don't have to search in this pond or that pond or this creek or that creek. It's it's all in one convenient stream. If you know what I mean. It's <laughs> very nice. It's like, okay. Oh and that's just God. a Muppet joke. Like, I get it. But I feel sort of bad for the Muppets writers because they have to work. And it feels like they have to work in this box of like, got to mention the content. You got to do the thing. So they're really trying hard to write around what they're supposed to be saying. These hosts are not doing any favors. Like the, the woman realizes halfway through that her co-host is laughing harder than she is. So then she has to laugh harder than him. It was very, very weird. It's very odd. I feel like it's not an irreverent at all. And I think that's what, to me, the Muppets were way back when were funny for is yes. it wasn't safe or, you know, there was always a little bit of an edge to the Muppet humor. Yeah. Agreed. And I don't think that that's here at all. And I would like to see him make <laughs> fun of Disney plus a little bit or like, I don't know, something else. This just feels so Disney-fied. Yes. Which is a little disappointing. Uh, the Muppet did a great job despite being anchored down by the hosts trying to upstage him and each other with forced loud laughter and big giant hand movements on stage. For me, it was just not really engaging in the least. The presenters at times seemed that they had no idea how to even react in a live setting, but the jokes still came through. Here's a very non-genuine reaction to uh, lead Kermit into talking about the newer Muppet movie from 10 years ago. That it's been 10 years since the Muppets movie premiered. Mm -hmm. I love that movie. Yeah. Amy Adams and Jason Siegel did such mm -hmm. a great job on that one. I cannot wait to rewatch it. Yeah, 10 years. Uh, you know, of course, that's only a week and a half in frog years, but it's, it's still been a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amy and Jason, uh, they, they, they were great. And uh, we, we, we did have a lot of uh, wonderful cameos. And, uh, oh, you know, the, the songwriter, Brett McKenzie, he won an Academy Award for his song, Man or Muppet. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes. Uh, oh, from what I understand, Miss Piggy is holding on to the Oscar for him. So, um, <laughs> of course. Of course yeah. she is. Of course she is. Yeah. Funny. I think with the, Karma got off a couple two jokes. But, like... You really cannot wait to watch this movie from 10 years ago that you love so much. You haven't seen it in 10 years. You don't like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. That's what I was going to say, if you can't wait, what have you been waiting for? It's been 10 <laughs> you years. Know, you can you watch it. It's just, and these are the kind of like the non-genuine moments of presentations like this. And it's not just Disney, but I do like to poke fun at them a lot, but it's very much like how people react honestly versus how they, how they react in front of other people. And to be a good presenter, you have, you can't, you can't have a separation for that. 
You know what I mean? You have to be honest in front of people. So like, man, I really loved watching that movie. That'll be a lot of fun to watch again. Or now it's right. on Disney Plus. I can watch it whenever I want or just any other thing. But like, I cannot wait to watch it again. It's just whatever. <laughs> it's what it is. It is what it is. Uh, I got the feeling these people were like stage actors just used to upstaging one another for cheap laughs. I can count the number of genuine reactions from these two on one nostril. The whole event was very ham handed, even if Kermit was working his magic. So they transition now to uh, the new show on uh, Disney Plus called Muppets Now. Tell us a little bit about Muppets Now and what it was like creating a show for Disney Plus. Well, Muppet, first of all, what it was like creating a show for Disney Plus. You know, he's not real. <laughs> Just want you to know that. Muppets Now was our first attempt at doing an unscripted show. Now, I know, I know it doesn't seem like we ever work with a script, but <laughs> the Muppets always have a script. We, uh, we just never look at it. <clears throat> you know, I, I actually I think the Muppets now kind of gives folks a, a fresh look at the other side of the Muppets, uh, from Miss Piggy's lifestyle tips to Pepe's game show and all the rest. And, and I guarantee that it is the kind of entertainment you will not see anywhere else. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, well, because it's on Disney+. Plus. That's funny. He got some jokes. I liked it. At one point, he's asked about a favorite memory from doing The Muppet Show, because all five seasons are on Disney+, Plus. of course. Again, bringing it back to the, the true point is, you know, Disney+. Plus. And the frog mentions Elton John and then two other Disney actors. Like, we, we get it. You're, it was like Julie Andrews and Mark Hamill. It's like, you're owned by Disney. We understand but it's that constant brand reinforcement that sort of takes the joy out of things like this for me. Like you couldn't right. have mentioned John Denver or just and <laughs> Liza Minnelli, anybody else. Not that Mark Hamill's obviously bad. That's obviously a great thing to do, but like you got one callback. Do you need more than that? To, it just, right. the whole thing was odd for me, but whatever. Of course they bring up the Honda mansion special, which I loved. I think they did a great job with that. And if this is the type of thing that Disney is letting the Muppets do, uh, I'm all for it. Here's Kermit talking about uh, Haunted Mansion. Oh, so amazing. So amazing. As a huge Muppets and Disney Parks fan, it was just so appreciate all the work that you went into every little detail. So, Kermit, there's been one thing I've been dying to know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> Did you actually film at the Haunted Mansion? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> okay. No, he didn't. It's haunted. You know, so and after a hard day of scaring Disney parks, guess those ghosts need a rest. I mean, you know, funny, but also it did feel like Kermit. That's the, what we were talking about a little bit ago. That's that sort of like biting like, oh, uh-huh, yeah, I see what you did there. That's a funny joke about the dying, bro. Like and just I don't know. Yeah. Very odd. Uh, finally, he was asked about his favorite thing to stream on Disney Plus, And this is the answer that we got. Very non-Muppet. Okay, so one final question, Kermit. We yeah. like to ask everyone that we meet, what is your favorite show or movie to stream on Disney meeting? Plus? Well, I knew that you were going to ask that, so uh, I thought about it, and I came up with this. I, you know, I, I do love The Mandalorian, and uh, yeah. Good taste. And, and I loved WandaVision, and yeah, so many other great shows, but my favorite right now is The Imagineering Story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I just, I love... I love seeing how the magic comes together, and, and it's really exciting. And, 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 and plus, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to pick up some management tips. Yeah. They're a lot more organized and efficient than the Muppets are. Okay. <laughs> it's 
funny Muppet joke at the end, but it was still just like, really your favorite thing on Disney plus, you know, he's not real, right? Like why is that even the, th- uh, whatever. Well, that's Who okay. Knows? I get that. It's a bit, but like, Oh, but it, I mean, it, nothing is funny. He should have, it's just, I didn't find any of it funny. I found it painful. Oh, I laughed. I laughed at some of the Kermit jokes, man. And you know, and I understand it's a bit cause they're pretending it's really, you know, I, I get the whole meta thing of it, but but that's the stuff that you're asking. It just doesn't seem like very good writing for that segment, right? Kermit did the best. And even then he didn't do very well. And it's just that that's the kind of thing that's his production value. This writing value was just kind of who are you writing for? There are 2000 people in this room that paid money to be there. They are then most of them. I think probably all of them, I would guess are D 23 members. So they're paying money for that too. Right. They're hardcore fans. What are you asking Kermit the Frog? What his favorite thing to stream on Disney? You couldn't have crowbarred in any other reference or given them anything else to work with other than what's your favorite thing to stream on D23? It's just very boring stuff. I all, I feel like they're preaching to the choir. Everybody there has there is no one in there who doesn't have Disney Plus. I know, right? Trust me. Okay. <laughs> so why are you selling a product to people who already own it? Exactly. Stop. Exactly. That's my point. You want to take a it's break, rough. Jeremy? And why are you selling it so badly? <laughs> yes. I know. That's the other thing. Let's take a break, dude. We need a break. We have we have I think we each have one more thing to gab on about. Yeah. And that's it. But I think uh I need a little break of Rooney. So we're gonna take a quick break. No, I have two. You have two. You have oh, two. My word. Oh my god, you have two. I have one. <laughs> Sucker. Anyway, we're gonna take a, a, a quick break. See you on the other side real fast. We're going to wrap up the D23 uh, Destination D rundown of all the important stuff that uh, if you were lucky, you missed. Hold on. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back to the newsroom on in depth. That's right, the newsroom, Jeremy. We're in the newsroom. <laughs> if the newsroom were a TMZ, this would be uh, this show. <laughs> like we have, t- what are the tele teletype machines just going off all the time? <laughs> yeah. This just in. Someone else did something that everyone should complain about. <laughs> well, we did get some announcements for my favorite, my ex favorite park. Epcot Center. X favorite park. Yeah. Oh, I have a, I'm very mad at Epcot these days. I don't like it anymore. I'm over it. But, I'm sorry to uh, hear that. We have some new announcements for that park uh, that Josh gave us. One of them is something called Dreamer's Point. Do you know what Dreamer's Point is? Uh, it sounds familiar, but uh, please elucidate. Just past Spaceship Earth, there will be a statue of Walt Disney located in in the World Celebration section of the park, which apparently is all about dreaming and making connections, which that's <laughs> their new thing. 
yeah. connections. Everything's connections. We're making connections. What does that mean? You know what it is? It means nothing. And that's why they can market it and be like connections because it doesn't mean anything. Right. Well, it's also like take the magic home with you. That that happens a lot too. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> that literally doesn't exist. It doesn't mean anything. Right. So that so you now know as much about Dreamer's Point as the rest of us. I just explained <laughs> everything to you. So are you happy that you paid money to go to Destination D and learn this? Meanwhile, we knew this since 2019. We knew there was going to some going to be something called Dreamer's Point, and we knew it was going to have a statue of Walt. Really? So they basically just told us what they told us at the D23 Expo in 2019. <laughs> happy? <laughs> Glad you paid for that. There will also be a new quick service restaurant coming to world. What is it? World celebration called connections. This is a, (laughs) this is a makeover for the old electric umbrella quick service location. Oh, we did get, we ate that. Yes. You ate at the electric umbrella. I think so. (laughs) It had all like the neon umbrellas in it and everything. (laughs) I love that you forgot that you ate at Morimoto, but you remember eating at the Electric Umbrella at Epcot, which basically sells chicken nuggets and tater tots. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't remember it was very good, but we were hungry. I think is probably what it was, and it was you know, well you know, like you're displaced. You're you're in Florida. You're not used to the humidity. If the humidity and the temperature match, it's even more uncomfortable. And it's like, oh, we can get food and out of the heat. Yes, and out of the sun. Hundred percent. It feels like that place is like the colony on Mars, where if you're out in the elements, you're gonna die, and you need to get inside <laughs> very quickly so you don't get shriveled up. So you were hungry at Epcot, and it didn't occur to you to eat in one of the eleven countries from around the world. You said no. They have chicken nuggets and French fries. I'm going there. <laughs> I don't know, man. Whatever. You you turned your back on the on the global cuisine of World Showcase. Just the stones throw away. So you could eat in that dank 80s mall recreation. It looks cool. Okay. Well, they have up to it's being updated. That's too bad. It's taking longer than five months, like the Buzz Lightyear ride, apparently, <laughs> right. to make a quick service restaurant. So we're very excited about that. We got some concept art from it. It looks very generic, which to me just seems odd. You know, at least Electric Umbrella, for as weird as it was, it was highly themed with the neon umbrellas. And I'm like, okay, I I get it. Cool. I don't, I didn't particularly love it, but whatever. And I've eaten in there. I I won't, I won't just uh, berate you for it. I've definitely gotten something in there before. Sure. Because you're on your way out and you don't want to go all the way back to World Showcase. You're like, oh, oh, is that why? Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) why didn't you say it? I don't know. Um, Anyhow, this new artwork just it looks like it could be any bland restaurant in any mall or any strip mall. It just looks really boring and not not exciting and not themed in a theme park. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there, but they're like, okay, well, this is fine. You can make a connection. We did get also a little more concept art and information on the new Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster and the big blue box that it will live in that is visible everywhere and looks terrible. Glenn Close came on screen to announce she will be reprising her role in the film as part of the attraction playing the character Nova Prime. So I guess she was in that movie and played that role. Yeah. <laughs> you never saw it? No, never okay. saw it. All right. And we learned that this will be the first Disney roller coaster to have a reverse launch. Yeah, that too, which is sort of wild to me. I think that's pretty cool. I don't think I've ever been on a reverse launch roller coaster. I don't think I have either. So to recap... 
all the newness that's coming to Epcot. We've got Glenn Close, a statue, and a quick service restaurant. Thanks for coming to Destination D. <laughs> and and by the way, you knew about one, you knew about at least two of those things. The reason this is such a letdown is because a lot of information about the Epcot transformation is overdue. So we came to this expecting a lot of information because there's mm. been a lot. There's an Epcot overhaul taking place, and they've been and information has been scant to say the least. You'll remember that back in 2019, they announced the Epcot overhaul. We were told about a Spaceship Earth overhaul, an elevated festival center with a beer garden, a play pavilion, a new movie in the China pavilion, a Mary Poppins attraction in the United Kingdom pavilion. Not one word was mentioned about any of these projects that are either on hold or canceled. We have no idea. There seems to be a lot of construction going on. Tell me something more than you're making a place to get a quick burger. Um, so projects like this are still moving ahead. Also, the Moana Journey of Water, that's under construction. It's happening. Why am I not getting a look at that? I got to look at other things. I got Glenn Close. Give me something that we know is happening. So that's Epcot. I'm bored. Goodbye. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it sort of sticks with the theme of like, here's what's happening at Zootopia Shanghai. Here's It's literally just a picture of construction or Avengers Campus Disneyland Paris. It's just one photo of a building with scaffolding on it. It's not exciting, <laughs> right. but I got, I mean, it's something, but it's not also at the same time. And it just, it's weird. The Glenn Close thing was, was kind of odd, but it was cool because she like they did a little video and she appeared in costume and it was like, Hey, we're going to be in that. It's cool, I guess. Right. But I don't, I don't know. I just don't care. I don't know. Right. Eh, whatever. It was weird. It was lackluster. Lackluster at best. Well, Jared, as you know, Destination D was big on panel talks. Everyone loves a panel, and Destination D was uh, not short of them at all. Uh, they had a few authors on stages to talk about their upcoming books, and those were just straightforward presentations, which I kind of liked. I mean, the panels are pretty cool. Um, but I want to talk about the panel for the Disney Vault Collection, the Walt Disney World Vault Collection. Are you familiar with the Vault Collection? Well, this is old product they're even selling what look like ashtrays in the parks <laughs> yeah but, but someone they've called taken them, the divots out yeah so now they're called so it's, small dishes right <laughs> i yeah. think it's kind of cool i this think it's kind of cool too man yeah uh it's, it does look really cool it's definitely stuff that i would wear and and i'm i'm happy to say that finally disney world has some merchandise that i would buy the disney imagineers and designers were on a panel with um i think the gal who does like her universe I actually don't really know what that is. Um, so we had, you know, a few Imagineers on there, a few designers on the stage, uh, and they were telling about their stories about going to Walt Disney archives to look at merchandise, you know, from the past. And they talk about how, you know, they were inspired by it and how, how they got, uh, how they got in there. Uh, the presenters on stage were wearing some of the items and everyone was introduced by talking about their favorite piece of merchandise they remember having as a kid. Okay, that's cute, I guess. Things are moving along and it's it's a nice moment, but then this this happened. Yep, yep, that's my mom and me in the good old swimming hole over at River Country and she has this jaunty visor and it's one of my favorite things. They sold them in the parks early 80s to about mid 80s. Um, and my family had all the colors, yellow, blue, and red. My favorite. I love it. And he's wearing an original. Uh, and can we just take a moment for River Country? Um, I miss it. <laughs> okay, I'm totally going off script here for a second. 
Because I have a life, I have a life rule that if you can spend your birthday at Disney, you should. Uh, and yesterday was Richard's birthday. Now, I also want everyone in the audience, if it was your birthday here today or this weekend at Destination D, will you stand up? You can already just like feel everybody on stage groaning. You're like, oh, can we just not do this? And you think it's going a certain way. Yes. Okay. There's like one person. Awesome. Awesome. Now on the count of three. And you think it's going a certain way. You think everyone's going to say happy birthday. But no, the, this this person decides to steal the spotlight and just drag this whole weird off script interaction out. <laughs> Everyone to sing Richard and everyone in the audience, happy birthday. One, no. two, three. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to you. And I, I stopped it there. Just, you know, but they literally stopped this presentation to sing happy birthday to Richard, who was the man talking before. He was one of the, the graphic designers. Just sing people happy birthday. Like we're in Chuck E. Cheese. Were they, do you think they were like short or stretched for time and they were, someone said into her earpiece, fill this because this was in the beginning. (laughs) This was in the very beginning. The the whole panel started with her going around and saying, this is, you know, a a piece of, of merchandise that you used to have as a child that you really liked from Disney world. And Richard was like, Richard was the last person. So this is probably a good five minutes into the thing. And then she goes off script. So for me, this is more of like, She's not used to sharing the spotlight and she needed to bring it back to her so then she could talk more. That's what it felt and like. S- and sing. Yeah. And Happy here's the- <laughs> No one in the his- I will I will die on this hill. <laughs> no one ever has had that song sung to them or sung that song to someone else and enjoyed it. <laughs> um, unless that person is their own child or a family member. That's it. No, I've not want like if it's my mom's birthday, I'm standing there singing to her. I'm like, oh my god! I mean, like, like if it's your niece or you know, for for me, like singing. Oh no, okay. Well, I I enjoyed singing it to like Alice because she, you know, she responds to it. But as an adult, no, it's embarrassing. You do it. You do it after a certain age to embarrass that other person. <laughs> okay, so that's what they. But doesn't doesn't this lady understand that? No. Because I, that's what I mean. I think that she's just sort of like lost in the realm of I need to pull it back to me. So I'm going to go off script and then I'm going to do something else, which is, I guess, they're scripts for a reason. Now I know why this event is entirely scripted. It's because of you, dumbbells like her where it's like, OK, you all, all you had to do is just say, can everyone wish Richard a happy birthday? And then everybody would have been a cool, acute, quote unquote moment. But no, we get her actively like actually really trying to sing where she's like doing verbato and her uh, uh, like she's actually like trying so it's just well, another showcase for her to be whoever she is right we have to get rid of her but she is <laughs> that's the thing you have to get rid of her if you if you're the person who incites the singing of happy birthday you yes. have to sing it the loudest because you need to no one wants to be the one that you can hear singing right. happy birthday because no one sings well the average person doesn't sing well so you don't want to be heard so you have to have a lot of people for that to be successful and they have to be loud it's like if uh mel gibson Ugh. and braveheart uh gave that big speech about taking away our freedom and then stood there while everyone ran past him that would be <laughs> sort of the equivalent uh moving on jeremy oh. we also uh, we get to hear about <laughs> what inspired this retro collection 
and how it came to be. And I do like these sorts of things. That's why I picked this panel to sort of pick on, but also to pick apart because it, I, I enjoy hearing creative people get inspiration from certain things and how that happens and how that spark happens and how it's sort of, you know, um, how it matures into like the final product from, you know, script writing to just making movies, to writing books, to drawing, to art in general. I, I really appreciate that. So I had, I had fun listening to it. It was, it was, the panel wasn't bad, but there were, <clears throat> there were some moments, man. Now, KM, I want to start with you because this vault collection is amazing. This? Everyone's going crazy <laughs> over it. Um, Everyone's going crazy over it, Jeremy. Everyone's going crazy over the vault collection. Did you know right. that? Show me the, I want the empirical data that says that. <laughs> right? Y'all love the vault collection, right? Okay, so it launched a vault. To- so you have to ask. Everyone, what? and this is like directly after the happy birthday stuff. So I almost feel like <laughs> she realizes that she pulled focus too much. And she's like, I've lost the audience. I need to get them back. So I need to ask them if they're with me still. It was very yeah, odd. Totally. Yeah. Disney World for the 50th anniversary. What was the inspiration behind this collection? The inspiration was almost three years ago, we sat in a big room together and we all talked about what were we going to do to really make Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary as incredible as we possibly could. What could we do different? <laughs> what could we do that no one would expect? The table that I was at, we came up with the idea which would become the Walt Disney World Vault Collection. And what we wanted to do was we wanted to really be inspired by that product from the 70s and beyond and really recreate it to appeal to adults who would remember this product from when they were kids and teens and young adults who love the retro vibe of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And that led us to two distinct points of view with the product. Replica, which is lovingly recreated product, and the next is inspired by, which is taking nods from the retro art and interpreting it into modern day product. Now, so first of all, I'm offended that this man is calling 90s retro. I thought the same. Thing. <laughs> like, come on, brother. I mean, I'm old, but you know, let's go. Uh, I, I, I liked it. What really stuck out as, you know, as sort of an obvious thing is the current merchandise that Disney has had for like five years or even longer kind of stinks. It's, right. It hasn't really been very good. There's a lot of pastels. I know I harp on pastels all the time, but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like sparkly this and just kind of weird, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, artistic inspirations for the light purples and all these kind of weird colors. And I I don't think people really have ever wanted that. It's always going to be like the retro T-shirts and stuff. So to me, it's like it makes sense. And that's a cool idea. And the stuff that they did is really, really great. I, I do actually really like the collection a lot. But it does, I think, sort of maybe signal a deeper problem in their merchandising, you know, area that like when Tara and I talk about all the time, when we went to Epcot, there was nothing to buy that was even remotely. I don't think we bought a single I bought the orange bird right, right. here. Uh, that's it. That's the, thing, that's the only thing we bought because everything else was kind of like really boring, just looked bland and not really designed properly. But for some reason, a lot of that retro stuff with maybe those like muted yellow colors or whatever, it feels a little more real. 
not when overly people, designed. People want to wear things that they that reflect what they love. So for me, like I look at it and I think I want a, a T-shirt that says Contemporary Resort on it. I want a T-shirt that mm-hmm. says Spectral Magic on it. Have all these – have a River Country T-shirt. She's going on how much she loves River Country. Why isn't there a River Country T-shirt? So right. – and I also was surprised that they said what inspired you. It's like it's the – it's what we <laughs> – isn't it obvious? The history of 50 years of Disney World inspired us. <laughs> Duh. Like, what a weird... I yeah. don't know. I would say, like, what are some of the highlights of the offerings? I don't know. It seemed like a how, weird question to How me. did you come up with the idea to go back in the in the Disney merch vaults to pull inspiration for... the Like, that, to me, is a better question. But that's the problem with Disney in general, is that they just speak in these general terms that don't mean anything. What inspired yeah. you to do this? Well, I was asked to. I wasn't inspired to do it. I was told to sit down yeah. and come up with an idea. It's my job. Yeah, he said it. They put us in a room and said, <laughs> figure it out. Like, that's what happened. Yeah. But where's the merchandise that's the retrospective? I want the five-disc CD set of all the old music and audio. Oh, how, yeah. about they, how about they do that? Disneyland got that. That'd be nice. Um, the folks on the design team got to travel to Walt Disney Archives to get a look at some of the older merchandise in order to replicate it and then draw inspiration from it as the as uh i think km was his name he was saying it's either it's either a direct replication or a um an inspiration inspired piece from the thing which i thought that was a cool little breakdown but anyway here's about the trip to uh disney archives and i have to tell you i've been with disney 26 years and i've been on some amazing trips but that trip to the archives was one of the best things i've ever gotten to do as a cast member for this company We went there, we went to the archives, and they brought out these gray bins from warehouses all over L.A., and what was inside of these gray bins was nothing short of magic. They pulled out, you know, (laughs) original merchandise from the preview center, opening day of Magic Kingdom. Some of the items were still in the original merchandise bag with the balloons on it, as if somebody just bought it, wrapped it up, and sent the archives in 1971. And looking at all of those pieces, being able to photograph them, because we knew we were going to be, you know, recreating a lot of this merchandise for the 50th. It was just amazing. So, um, yeah, again, there's a lot. Uh, I've been to archives before, not that deep of a, of, of a look. It was like sort of like the office where they had a lot of, you know, books and photographs, but you had to know what to look for in order to get, you know, so there wasn't just this, well, here's rows and rows and rows of stuff you can look at. And that was really cool. So I can't imagine how cool it would be for um, you know a, a person working at Disney to go to the archives and they're just being presented a bunch of stuff for then you to pick out to do a new merchandise line. Like that has got to be a really cool moment. So that was sure. really neat. Um, you know, really neat inspiration for <laughs> for this guy. But it was just, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It was uh, magic. It was it's it's merchandise. It's not, well, I don't understand why it's just pure magic. We mean pure magic. It's an old this, bag. <laughs> it's not that big is, of a deal. <laughs> this is nothing short of magic. It's not like it was a handmade, you know, ring from the Viking era, you know? <laughs> and even then it's like, that's not magic. It's just really, really cool. But this is just a mass produced plushie. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Um, and like I said before, Jared, Disney has done a great job capturing that style of the old classic merchandise. But they also managed to just obliterate any sense of style with some of it. Like 
the spirit jersey. We all know the spirit jerseys. You know the spirit jerseys with like the big sure. sleeves with yeah, Walt Disney them. World across the back. Yeah, I know. I, I don't really like very, them either. They're not very flattering on anyone. They're not flattering. They're very odd. I when I first saw them, I was like, "Ooh, that's weird. That'll never take off." And then, of course, there's people who like Terrence who loves them, absolutely loves them. Um, <laughs> but they have one out now for this for this collection for the vault collection that's covered with one of the old uh, Disney World maps. So it's like a big blown up map and it's just an all over print spirit jersey which in and of itself isn't awful somehow it sort of like works just because the artwork was kind of nice but on the back they have that giant walt disney world and the you know the the d and disney on that old logo is like super huge because it has to fit the mickey ears around the epcot whatever it just looks bizarre but here's an idea that's it sell that sell that map as a poster yeah I don't yeah. want to wear a map. I want to look at a map. You dopes! Like that's a that's that's wall art. I don't know why they're not selling. Like it's so obvious. It's such an easy thing to pick up. I'd buy that if it was a poster. I'm not buying it as a spirit jersey. I think it's I think it's too obvious for them, and I think that's that's where they go wrong in this. That should be well, a they're poster. trying to be. They're, they're trying, trying to, be, to be creative. Yes, I think yes, absolutely. They're trying to put their own spin on it. Yeah. And um, after that, we're told about how much the design team cares about us so and i have to say i've had the honor and privilege of working with the team up here and it's a much much larger team behind the scenes but i wish you could see how much the disney merchandise team cares about getting this merchandise right they care about the quality they listen they you know we have people in the audience they listen to social media and they just so deeply care about your joy and making sure that it is exactly what you want so um it's just such an honor and privilege to work with this team it's an honor and privilege who work people who care about your joy they deeply care about your joy well they want to get this product right they are currently selling a sleeve like a, a sleeveless Epcot muscle shirt that ha, in black that's such an odd shape but it has a tag so the future is sleeveless but not tagless <laughs> give me a give me a t-shirt an Epcot t-shirt that has sleeves but no tag I don't right. want to be annoyed by the tag and be missing my <laughs> sleeves so that they're not getting it right no one wants that uh, yeah. Well, and she's saying that, uh, you know, it's, uh, they're, they're listening to social media and they just so deeply care. I, you know, are they listening to social media? Nobody should be, ever be listening to social media. I doubt that the design team is on social media combing, like, what are the people saying about the thing? Oh, that should influence what we put out because people's tastes are so subjective. You're never going to put out one thing for everybody. So you just put out a bunch of stuff. But well, I, they're probably using social media to see what trends are out there and trying, you know, not just maybe. looking at Disney social media, but they're probably watching social media and streetwear and what influencers are wearing and doing. Lots of people who work in, in merchandise do that and then mm-hmm. try to translate it to the Disney customer. That actually makes yeah. sense to me. Um, going back to that spirit jersey with the map, they also uh, turned that map into a pair of Crocs. Go away. <laughs> Don't tell me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> which uh if i could find a pair of crocs like that in in my size i would i would honestly probably buy them but just for irony you know not because i think it looks good right um the panel winds down no i'm sorry uh the vault collection is out now apparently and they will be releasing more merch uh off and on throughout the 50th so throughout next year 
you can see more and more drops is what this lady from her universe kept calling it. They're, they're drops. We're doing more drops. They're very trying very hard to be hip and cool. Here's a little bit more about where you can find uh, merch if you're in a Disney World. Now, KM. Okay, the vault collection is out, <laughs> but there's like she's not even ready for the question. She's not even ready to ask her own question. Okay, um, okay, wait. Um. Many more drops. <laughs> so, uh, where can you know guests find the collection now? But where can they continue to find it? Well, we have uh, boutique locations all over Walt Disney World property, but I can share with you two of my favorites are the Marketplace Co-op at Disney Springs and the Main Street Cinema at the Magic Kingdom. The incredibly talented visual merchandising team were inspired (laughs) by the history of the 50 years of merchandise at Walt Disney World, and they've created incredibly engaging and immersive experiential stores where you can learn and discover while you shop. So if you haven't had a chance to check those out yet, do. There are actually... Learn and discover while you shop in an immersive shopping experience. It's a store, dude. You're selling mugs and T-shirts. What are you talking about? Not everything is a mind-blowing experience for people. Just relax a little bit. Calm down. Well, and I think the thing is, a store actually can be that. There are examples of, of, of retail experiences that do let you do that, but theirs aren't one of them. There's <laughs> no examples of that here. Let me finish this clip. It's almost done. Hidden... Um, Easter eggs in the locations, in the display. So you really go into the stores and look at everything. And if you're a big fan, you will notice. (laughs) They're hidden Easter eggs. And if you're a big fan, you will notice. Notice what? Not Easter eggs to what, bro? Like, what are you guys talking about? What is anybody ever talking about? Um, the panel winds down and the hosts, uh, the host has the panelists go around and talk about their favorite piece of new vault merchandise. And I thought this one was uh, pretty good here. So my favorite is anything with the preview center art on it. Cody and I had a conversation early on because when we found the art, there are a couple of mistakes in there. One big one is Goofy's missing color in his face from his nose up. So I said, Cody, please, please, please don't fix it. Do it the way it was done. So he did, and all of that product is done as authentically as when you bought it back in the 1970s. I'm scared of KM, so I had to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Oh, that was cool. You know, where it's like they're leaving the mistakes in to really sort of get that authentication, get that authentic vibe. So apparently the preview center was where you could buy merchandise before the park was even open. Yeah. Kind of neat. I don't know. I liked it. Um, it's still there. I drive past it all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. What's in it it's now? Like, what's that? What's in it now? Is it just a merch place? No, it's not even Disney related. It's on Disney oh. property, but some, some, I think some like sports league uses it, but it looks like the Polynesian. It's got that like kind of Polynesian architecture. It's a oh, cool nice. building. Nice. Uh, and finally, Jeremy, we're at the end of this talk and uh, time oh. for a last round of applause. But of course, the host has to just make things weird. <laughs> this vault collection is amazing. Thank you so much for having us today. Let's hear it one more time for Kelsey Williams, Angelique Vu. Here, let's stand up. Angelique Vu, Kevin Michael Azat, Cody Reynolds, and Richard Terpstra. 
Here, let's stand up. Thank you, everyone. Here, Thank let's you just so let's much. stand up, everyone. Let's just stand up. Everyone, stand up. Stand, stand up. She is painful, that one. She, Who is that? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's to me, that was sort of like a just a weird, perfect moment to cap off that thing, because this person is very self-absorbed, probably more so than I am. And it's just every opportunity she can to control what's happening. I know that's her job as a host, but if these people want to sit down, sit, sit down. Right, like let them not sit down, leave up them alone. Own. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make it awkward. Yeah. But here, let's stand up in, in the middle of me. Uh, you know, I'm standing up. So everyone else has to as well. And instead of just letting it happen organically, she's just controlling even how it, 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 I'm reading too much into it. I, but look, by this point, my brain is mush. Like it is a melted ice cube on the floor, dude. And I just, it, it, the whole thing got to me. But anyway, uh, vault collection. I hope some of that stuff is available online. I think that'd be really cool. And I also hope they sort of do this for Disneyland at some point because Disneyland has a lot of cool merch and that's really what more people want than anything new. Right. Is just the old merch, not all old merch, but some just bring something back. I once agree. In a while. Yeah. Well, there is something new coming our way. What is it for characters? Have you heard of the exoskeleton? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to let the What was I supposed to say? Was I supposed to say no? No, I didn't know if you knew. I mean, I'm glad that you've heard of it. That's great. Uh, But let's hear what the designers have to say, because they'll explain it better than I can. Would you please play number three? Tell us, what what is this all about? Yeah, so guests love our characters big and small. (laughs) And the big ones just keep getting bigger, which makes their costumes heavier and difficult to perform in. And so Project Exo is looking at how exoskeleton technology can build a whole new (laughs) class of big costume character that's super expressive. And that's what Rashard is wearing today. Uh, This is our full body exoskeleton. So So tell us a little bit about the the prototype here. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, man, bro, sure, uh, dude. Exoskeleton acts as a skeletal intermediary between the performer and the costume. And basically it does two things. It redirects all of the weight of the heavy costume down into the ground so that a performer doesn't have to bear that weight on their backs. And then two, it gives pneumatic assist at key joint areas like the shoulders and the ankles so that Richard can move these big arms and legs around with ease. What kind of characters? Honestly, too many to count. But whichever characters we do, we just know that it's going to be a game changer for our costume characters in our parks. What can you do with these hands? <laughs> well, Richard can, you can do catch all em. kinds of things, like give a high five, or as you saw, give a handshake, maybe pick up a taco or a churro, you know, or even pick up large objects. <laughs> so, a taco? Uh, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be so cool. So, so cool. <laughs> whatever it is, bro, it's, it's going to be cool, dude. Like when when I interact with anyone from Southern California, that's what I hear. <laughs> they all sound like that to me. <laughs> I mean, I think he was definitely nervous and projecting a little too much. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I mean, that's pretty much like I would I'd bet money. He was so Cal born and raised for. Sh- oh, absolutely. I'm, I have no question <laughs> doubt in my mind. Either that or he went there and he assimilated quickly. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure, sure, man. sure, sure. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it could pick up a taco. 
Why would you pick up a taco? <laughs> and what's he doing? You know, Disneyland's uh, just known classically in general for their tacos. Hey, animatronic, go pick up that taco. Okay, <laughs> what are you? T- so anyway, but I, he was probably a little nervous. God uh, bless yeah. him. He seems like a nice guy. He actually seems like he's pretty smart. No, he yeah, seems they cool. Desi- they, they designed these, these exoskeletons and they can take a lot of weight. So, you know, one person can operate it and beast, you know, the guy, when the visual, the guy was standing up, he's like, it's like, he's on stilts. He's way high up. Yeah. Um, and he, he did, he was able to, the gloves had some level of dexterity. I don't know that he could pick up a taco. He probably could handle the taco barges that are in world showcase lagoon. And maybe that suitcase, that suit he was wearing is strong enough to pick them up and throw them anywhere else. <laughs> That's but probably world what it showcase. is. That's probably why they're designed. That's the taco I want them to get rid of. So I would hope he would do that. That seems kind of interesting. So there's a new technology coming, and we'll see larger-than-life characters picking up tacos, it seems, coming <laughs> soon. So they're developing that. Yeah, it did That's- look really cool. And again, if you can find video of that, uh, check it out. Because we've seen like an image or maybe a video from, I think, last year. So like this is not a new concept, like you were sort of saying. But you know, watching it sort of up close, you know, the, the, the man operating the suit... He's he's working the arm, uh, you know, with like a grip, you know, like those uh, old things you like reach up and you squeeze the trigger and the claw, you know, grabs for you for like older people who can't reach up high. Totally. Yeah, it was like that, but it was at the creature's, you know, uh, elbow. So that's how far out. I mean, it was a big suit and it did look really cool and it's going to be really great to see those in the park. Uh, I'm very excited, you know, for that because all too often it's just we see these weird ass characters in disneyland man like jack skellington still freaks me out that's just an odd character design choice but maybe they could do something with jack skellington or maybe just make these other characters who can't be easily replicated with you know um a a person acting in them maybe we can get some you know some cool maybe they'll have a bit life-size groot coming out one day or whatever yeah i guess that was that's all my recap. The only thing I do have left to say though is in the beginning when they were they did a montage. It basically opened it up right before the first speaker came on cuz before Josh Tomorrow took the stage it was the guy who runs D23. I think his name was Vargo or something. Anyhow, there was a montage showing Disney World through 50 years. And the music they used was Illuminations Reflections of Earth, which actually I just felt like it was a big slap oh, in the face. Man. And I was really mad. <laughs> you like, know, why don't you use your new harmonious music? It's so great. Yeah. Well, you know, at one point they were, uh, you know, during the uh, talking about Shanghai, what's coming to Shanghai and Shanghai is getting a new parade. And I think it's called illuminate. And they showed a preview of it. And it looked a lot like illuminations, reflections of earth. Cause there was like laser, the, you know, the, the lasers, you know, going up and down left and right and uh, through the smoke. And that's, that's all that it reminded me of. But I was like, Oh, that reminds me of, the thing that was probably the greatest nighttime spectacular I've ever seen. Yeah, it's the new nighttime spectacular that's at Shanghai. It's they, they announced it, but it's already running. It's been running. And they brought a video of it to Destination D. They said, Don't you want to see a video of it? Yeah. And the music of it, so they showed the video and the visuals were great, but the music of it was some like wasn't the music from the show. It was just like <laughs> oh. commercial music. Oh, God. Right? 
So I actually was thinking I've seen this on YouTube better because <laughs> just watch it. like YouTube has had a real video of that show with the music up for a while. So thanks for showing me less than what's available at my fingertips, Disney. Yeah, that's wild. Oh. Yeah, all in all, man, I think uh, Destination D was sort of weird. Um, you know, maybe everyone's out of practice. But, uh, you know, and I don't really know what to expect from a lot of these things. I guess I just expect sort of more from from Disney. And if, if you can't deliver, you know, interim content in between D23, then maybe you shouldn't. But, the, you know, again, the panels right. were kind of cool, I guess. Um, but you could just sort of do those at any time. And it just didn't really feel like a, a cool fan experience. Well, I, I can speak from my own experience and I went to one several, I went to the one in 2011 at the contemporary mm-hmm. and we didn't stay for the whole thing. It got boring. We were, this was, I was like, <laughs> what did we pay for? And even though I had paid for two days of that at a certain point when you're sitting there listening to them talk about Splash Mountain, but the real Splash Mountain is just a quick monorail right away. I said, why are we sitting here talking about Splash Mountain? Let's just go on it. <laughs> and so we, we left I didn't care that I had sunk money on this because I was sick of being bored. Right. Listening to these people yammer on, not giving me anything of substance. So, you know, there was a few things here and there that were kind of neat, but eventually we just got so sick of it. We said, let's go get a beer and let's go get on Splash Mountain. We're out of here. Smart. That's the smart thing to do. Yeah. Right. All right, Jerry, I think that's it. We've yammered on long enough. My God. Almost two hours. Yeah. Uh, all right, thanks everybody. This has been our Destination D recap. Hopefully, you got something out of it. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> it was hard to find something interesting to talk about. I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy said the president. He's like, well, we'll we'll each bring three things to talk about. And after the second one, I was like, I, I texted him. I, like, I can't. I, I'm really challenged right now <laughs> to find a third one. It's just impossible. It's hard. It's tough work, but we did it, Jeremy. We did it. Yeah. We soldiered through. Well, because we really care about the listener's joy. <laughs> I should work for Disney. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later.